the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. Welcome to Heart of the City. I'm your host, Adrian Tijerina, Director of Local Ministry at 820 AM The Word. Thanks for tuning in today. On this program, we are highlighting churches, nonprofit organizations, and ministries to hear how God is moving in the Pacific Northwest. It's one of my greatest hopes that you would listen to this program and get plugged into the things that are happening right here in your neighborhood. Today, I'm joined by Pastor Alec Rollins, Senior Pastor of Westgate Chapel in Edmonds, Washington, and Vanessa Hunt, Executive Director of Church Awakening. It's so great to have you guys in the, on the program. Thank you, Adrian. Thank Thanks you. for having us. You know, I always tell my guests, I, I'm so used to doing everything on Zoom that having somebody in person is like, it's so much fun <laughs> because you get to actually see somebody. And yes. Yeah. You get to see me wave my arms everywhere. So, <laughs> And you can read reactions. It seems like in Zoom, you can say something really profound and everyone was just staring at you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. We want to invite our listeners to an upcoming uh, conference that's happening. It's the Church Awakening Conference. It's happening March 17th and 18th. Uh, and we'd love to hear your heart from that conference and, and why you want to just invite everyone to come. But first, I always like to, to hear a little bit from my guests. Uh, my listeners know that I, I moved here from Portland recently. And so as I'm getting to know Seattle and getting to know the area, it's just great to hear uh, from the ministers who have been here for years uh, just doing the work of Jesus. So, uh, yeah, if I could just open that up to both of you, uh, Pastor Alec and Vanessa, um, how did you come to know Jesus and uh, how did he lead you to where you are today? Well, I was born into a pastor's family in South Africa. Mm. Uh, My dad's British background, he was a pastor and missionary in the city of Durban. And uh, the way my mom and dad served the Lord, there was really, it wasn't like it was by force that there was no option for me to serve the Lord, but I, I think I made the decision for Christ when I was five years old. So as a child, impacted by what was God was doing in my family's life and in the church that dad pastored, and it just carried through into the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. How did you end up then uh, coming to, to Westgate Chapel, and what was that journey like for you? Well, I came to this country to go to Bible college. Mm-hmm. It's a long story. I'll give you the Reader's Digest sure. <laughs> version. I came to this country to go to Bible college, uh, met uh, the young lady who is now my wife uh, from the Midwest, decided mm-hmm. not to go back to Africa, but stayed in mm-hmm. the Midwest. We got married, pursued an education, uh, ended up in, in ministry after graduate school in East Harlem and New York, working with young people, then moved to San Diego, Mm -hmm. where I was an associate pastor, and then my first senior pastorate at the age of 30, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and Mm -hmm. we'd been there for about seven years, and really, in hindsight, we're experiencing many of the characteristics of historical revival. Mm -hmm. When Westgate Chapel called 
uh, here in Seattle. The first three times they called, we said, no, there's no reason for us to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they called again, said, would you pray about it? <laughs> and so we made the mistake of praying about it and uh, came to visit. Our girls were just four and six years old back then, came to visit and uh, dis- and really, really heard from the Lord that this was where he wanted us. So mm-hmm. we've been at Westgate for the last 33 years. Yeah. And Vanessa, could you sh- share a little bit for you? And I'd love to. I'd love to. I I am Alex's daughter, mm-hmm. so I grew up in a ministry family, a pastor's home, like he did. Um, and you know, I don't know the reputation a lot of times of pastors' kids is that they have it tough and that they tend to rebel. Um, but I grew up in a home and in churches where there was a genuine move of God happening. Mm -hmm. And so I watched in my parents a very genuine faith and pursuit of the Lord. And then I looked around me and was surrounded by people who were being weakly transformed by the work of God. So it wasn't a superficial Christianity that I grew up in Mm -hmm. or a ministry home where you go on Sunday and you pour out and then you feel completely depleted or hurt and bittered. Um, so th- those were those affected me as a child and mm-hmm. as I watched uh what should be I I would pray the the testimony of any kid growing up in mm-hmm. the church in a ministry family that they would see people's lives transformed constantly. Yeah. And so in that context I wanted the real Jesus for myself and I remember at a family camp when I was maybe five or six, one of the children's pastors saying, you got to have your own faith. Mm-hmm. This can't be something from, that your parents are handing down to you. Yeah. It has to be yours. And even at that young age, grabbing hold of it, that I wanted to pursue the Lord with the same passion that I saw the adults in my life having. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have a rebellion story. I don't <laughs> have a running away from the Lord story. I have a story of him pursuing me and a growing, never-ending hunger for more of him. Um, So, yeah, I grew up at Westgate Chapel. I grew up in the Seattle area and went away to school. My husband and I lived in the southern part of the U.S. for several years. And then God began to put on our hearts Seattle again and Mm -hmm. a call to minister in Seattle. We had no idea he would let us minister alongside our parents. Mm But God opened doors, and we ended up at Westgate Chapel on pastoral staff. And then um, one of my roles in the ministry of Church Awakening in gathering pastors in this Mm -hmm. area, giving them places where they can seek the Lord and and hunger after Him, work on their own kind of private pursuit of the Lord, where they so rarely have a chance to just let down their guard Mm -hmm. and, and respond to the Lord themselves. I love that. You know, I I um I ha- I did have a, a very big rebellion phase yeah, <laughs> when I was yeah. a kid, but I'm 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 training my kids and, and having seeing them grow in in the Lord. And I'm realizing that the testimony of of the rebellious is equally as powerful as, as the testimony of the faithful. You know, to see faithful moms and dads shepherding their kids well and then seeing them pursue the Lord. So, I can't imagine, brother, it must be such a blessing to see your daughter uh flourish in this area. I mean, it yeah. really is. I mean, it's the greatest heritage and dream that a parent can have. Mm-hmm. Uh not worth not worldly riches or or worldly success, but to see your children genuinely 
pursue the Lord, there, there's nothing greater. So if I died today, I'd die a happy mm. man. Amen. Blessings. That's amazing. Well, before we get to talking about the Church Awakening uh, conference that's happening, you know, I just would love to hear from both of you. Um, from your years of experience you know, ministering in the Pacific Northwest, uh, what's been the greatest challenges for you? Uh, whether that's um, maybe the, the, the cultural sort of uh, things that you have to overcome or just whatever uh, it comes to mind, what's been the greatest challenge? Probably in the early years, the greatest challenge was have, being in a part of the country where recreation and pleasure, neither of which are bad things, mm-hmm. right? But recreation and pleasure, winter and summer seasons, were mm-hmm. so close at hand, mm-hmm. from skiing to water sports to fishing to mountaineering, mountain climbing, hunting. Uh, and what we found when we first got here was that the things of the Lord tended to be secondary mm. or, or even tertiary in people's lives, uh, that their primary, even people who, had, who were second, third generation Christian families were more enamored with, uh, with the lifestyle here mm-hmm. than they were in seeking the Lord here. So that was the, probably the greatest challenge of the first few years. Mm-hmm. You know, I had that experience when I moved to Portland. Um, I always I told my friends in Colorado, I said, it's so funny because you'd expect um, Sunday to be like empty in Portland, like there's nothing going on, when actually you see everybody going hiking. <laughs> you yeah. see everybody, yeah. you know, it reminded me of the words of Paul, you know, when he says, um, you know, who has bewitched you? Yeah. I, I, I always thought to myself, like, what has bewitched you? Because yes. cause nature itself uh, becomes a thing of idolatry yes. uh, up here. It's beautiful in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but people find themselves uh, really uh, escaping, you know, in, yeah. into that. Well, in the early years, our church literally emptied in the summer because people had homes over at Chelan and hmm. other places hmm. in the eastern part of the state, and literally uh, worship shut down, Sunday school shut down wow. for the entire summer. And if it was a warm fall, you didn't get people back until October. It was it was very disheartening, really. Yeah. So um, you, you mentioned that was kind of the challenge in those early years. Um, if I could just ask then, what about more recently? Um, uh, yeah, what, what's been a, a big challenge for you? I, I think, obviously, COVID has presented mm. a huge challenge for pastors. I just heard yesterday 38% of pastors in America by survey are considering not only leaving their church but leaving the ministry. Mm. So I think I think COVID has shaken everything that can be shaken. And I think even though we still live in a beautiful part of the country, our cities are in a shambles. Mm. Uh, Portland and Seattle mm. are some of the main cities in the nation that were turned upside down over the last two years, plus everything that COVID has done, people's sense of confidence and peace mm. has been ravaged. Yeah. And so while we still live in this beautiful area, I think one of the blessings of the the last two years is that people are starting to have a holy dissatisfaction and a realization that with all the beauty we're surrounded by and all the opportunities the Northwest provides, we need something greater, something yes. more important than those things. And I think there's a greater opportunity for the gospel right now yes. in the Pacific Northwest than in the 30 years I've been here. Yeah. yeah. Vanessa, I'd love to ask you, like, just in your years of ministry, uh, what's been 
been a great challenge for you and and what are some things that you're overcoming even now? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the characteristics of the Northwest, and maybe it's how we even came to be in our statehoods, um, is a sense of individualism. Mm. And some of that can be a real challenge in the church where we are called to be a body and gather together and do life together. Um, I think our weather causes us, even you know, in the winter months, it's like we go into hibernation. Mm-hmm. And so we can tend to withdraw and we don't see our neighbors until June or July kind of a thing. And that affects the church culture as well, where Mm we, hey, we're going to do our own thing. I'm going to have my own walk and I'll show up in your life when I'm ready to. Mm -hmm. And that's a challenge because that's not what it means to be the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And the corporate gatherings are so important. Our small group relationships where we're doing life together Mm -hmm. is so important. I think some of the depression levels that we see in this region are because we have valued independence and isolation. Hmm. And so we don't have long-term uh, relationships with people and uh, and with believers. Yeah. We let speak into our lives and we are iron sharpening iron yes. kind of relationships. That's a huge challenge. I think COVID has then just really exacerbated that. Yeah. And, and now we have this kind of like bonafide, okay, here's my reason now. I have a real reason <laughs> to be isolated. Mm. And and unfortunately, it's making us sicker and sicker spiritually yeah. to, have, to be in that level of isolation from each other. Uh, so I think one of the big challenges is for us to retrain what's normal in our culture and yeah. say, but what is kingdom culture? Yeah. And kingdom culture is that we are family mm-hmm. and we do life together. Yeah. And how do we prioritize the family of God in our schedules when we have recreation and all these important things we want our kids to be involved in, but what the family of God should be priority in all of that. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's definitely one of the challenges. Well, you are listening to Heart of the City, and we're joined by Pastor Alec Rollins, Senior Pastor of Westgate Chapel in Edmonds, Washington, and Vanessa Hunt, Executive Director of Church Awakening. We want to invite you to an upcoming conference that's happening March 17th and 18th. It's the Church Awakening Conference, and you are going to be blessed by some amazing speakers at this event. I know you are not going to want to miss it, and I just am having such a blast with this conversation today. So, Vanessa, I'd love to ask you, uh, I'd love to hear about your heart about uh, Church Awakening conference, and how long has this been going on, and uh, what would you say is the the main purpose of the gathering? Thank you, Adrian. I think we would have to say that the heart of Church Awakening is that the Church of Jesus needs revival. Hmm. And what we mean by that is we need a move of God. We need Him. Revival can have a lot of contexts and definitions in different parts of the world even. But what we mean is, God, come and do in us, refresh in us that first love, that joy of our salvation. Mm -hmm. Make your body that pure and spotless bride that you are coming for. And so we have a heart to seek God for that. And we have a heart to envision other churches for this need. And for 15 years, we've spent a lot of time trying to convince the Church of Jesus in the Northwest, hey, there's more. There Mm. is more to what this is meant to be. 
And yet what's pretty amazing is with all the craziness of the last few years, what God has done is reveal the need. So we have to do a lot less convincing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now what we're doing is providing spaces to say, okay, we're all, we all recognize now our desperate need. Yeah. None of the things that we thought would work with programming or, or being seeker sensitive or having the coolest, most current thing in our churches is working. Our cities are falling apart. Our families are falling apart. We have to have a move of God. So come join us and let's pray. And mm-hmm. we go after pastors specifically because if pastors aren't hungry for revival, it's going to be really hard for their churches to catch on fire. Hmm. So we go after pastors and then we invite anyone who has a hunger to come to our events. So we'll do small events specifically for pastors. And we've done that for years. But in the last three years, in fact, starting in 2020, the last weekend of February, which was right before the initial kind of COVID deaths even happened in the state, Mm -hmm. uh, we met at and for this first, our first annual Church Awakening Conference, and the main purpose was, God, it's time. We have to have you move. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing that now for three years. This will be our third annual conference. That's awesome. Uh, if I could ask a, a, a little bit about the conference, then uh, what? Because I know conferences can take a lot of different forms. You know, sometimes yes. conferences yeah. are maybe a little bit more about the Bible or about word study and things like that. Uh, if you could just share a little bit about um, what somebody could expect, you know, coming to this conference. Yeah, um, yeah what, what would that experience be like? If if it doesn't sound uh, egotistical. Uh, I would say, Adrian, our main purpose for the conference is for pastors and intercessors, church leaders, people hungry for revival to experience the presence of God. Mm. Now, obviously, that's nothing that we can plan for or manipulate or create, mm-hmm. but but we create an environment in worship yes. where pastors can come and be refreshed in the presence of God. Yes, we've got some incredible speakers coming. Jim Symbol is coming from Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York. Alan Hood is coming from Florida. We've got people coming, pastors and leaders coming from around the nation who can speak into the key subjects of mm-hmm. prayer and repentance, the heart of the pastor and the need for revival. Uh, and those are all wonderful things, and we value the resources that these speakers bring. But the thing that is more important to us is that when pastors come from their very first worship song, Mm -hmm. that they would experience God. Because we feel like if a pastor experiences God and is refreshed in his or or her original calling Mm -hmm. and encounter with God, they will go back to their place of ministry reinvigorated, revisioned, Uh, and revived for what God has in store, and then God will tell them what's necessary in their particular location. Yeah. It sounds like this would be an excellent... conference for for church staff to come to. Yes. You know, I think some of the best church conferences I've ever been to, uh, we go back to our ministries and we're just buzzing <laughs> with ideas, with yeah. with different perspectives or, or just a unity in prayer and mission. Yes. Uh, I just would in, invite our listeners, if you're out there and you're maybe thinking about coming and, and you've got a few other folks on, on staff with you, I'm, I would really highly recommend that you check out this, this conference because um, that unity in the spirit, uh, it can really change the trajectory, trajectory of a church, you know, to be on fire for Jesus yeah. and to, to, to seek the well-being of the city and to make a difference um, 
you know, just by hearts that are on fire for Jesus. Yeah. I love yeah. that. One of the speakers we're having is is Fred Markert, who has been one of YWAM's senior missiologists for years, and his focus was the 1040 window, poured his life into the 1040 window. But God specifically has told him to come back to the States, hmm. to not concentrate right now overseas, but that God is getting ready to send revival to the United States, and he's to come back and focus on getting churches and pastors ready for revival. He'll be one of the speakers uh, at the conference, uh, and this is this is the heart that we want pastors to capture. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, Vanessa, I'd love to ask you, just as executive director, um, what what's something that you, maybe one specific area that you w- would like to, to kind of f- focus our, our, our the people who come um, whether that's uh, a, a way that they can prepare or, or get themselves ready for this conference, I just would love to hear from you as as the exec- executive director. Um, what's what's kind of the, the the focus that you'd like people to have when they enter in? Yeah, my my heart, our heart for this conference is that as people come in, they would be able to let go of all the baggage that they carry, mm-hmm. all the weights. Uh, those who are in full-time ministry, part-time ministry, any ministry roles, you carry the burden. You're carrying mm-hmm. the weight of people's spiritual health, their emotional health, you know, their relationships. That's all on your shoulders. And what we want to do is provide a place where that can get set aside mm-hmm. and they can just look into the eyes of the one who adores them and mm-hmm. is pursuing them and hear his heart mm-hmm. for them. And we do everything we can as an organization to make that space for them uh, comfortable. We we do everything we can. We provide lunch for you. We don't want you to worry about anything. We have <laughs> snacks. You know, we have a coffee bar ready because we want you to be able to come in and let go of everything yeah. you've carried and that we could pour into you. That's a big heart of our staff is that we would have the opportunity to pour into those who have poured out so much. Mm-hmm. And um, so my heart is that, yes, when you walk in those doors, man, you can take a deep breath. Yes. And you can let the Lord minister to you, let us minister to you. Mm -hmm. And you are not going to leave with a bag full of uh, programs and ideas and notebooks of Mm. the latest thing you need to try. That's not the goal. Yeah. The goal is that you will leave knowing that you've met with the Lord and that he has a heart and a plan for the Northwest. Mm -hmm. And what is, what is your role going to be? I mean, that we want to make space for that, that God would be able to speak to all of us about, wow, what does he have? Because it's a hope and a future. Mm -hmm. We look out the window sometimes and it seems a little dire, Mm -hmm. but there is a hope and a future Mm -hmm. for Seattle and the Northwest. Mm -hmm. We believe God wants to move and do something here that's colossal. Yeah. That will affect the city. Yeah. It will impact families. Um, so we want to have that hope instilled um, that, wow, God is moving. He's yes. going to move. And how do we line up with that? Yeah. I love it. Well, you know, I don't do this often, but I'd love to pray for you both just while we're, while we're recording. Please. <laughs> yeah. Dear Jesus, I just thank you for your faithfulness. God, I thank you for Pastor Alec. I thank you for Vanessa. I thank you for their heart to love and serve and equip people for ministry. And God, even now I am praying for the hearts and the minds of those who come to this conference. God, I pray that they would learn to, to cast all of those things aside, Lord, as they just look to you as the one who can give them a uh, 
true life God, the one who can give them true peace in the middle of uncertainty, in the middle of doubts. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just continue that continued work in their life uh, to continue to transform them more into the likeness of Jesus. And even now we do pray uh, for revival in the Pacific Northwest. God, we know that your Holy Spirit works when we don't think it will. (laughs) Lord, your Holy Spirit is moving even among the hardest of hearts, God. And so I pray that you would just move in the hearts of people here in the Pacific Northwest, that they would learn to love you, God, and learn to see your faithfulness that's been there their entire life. Mm. So I thank you for this conversation today. I thank you for all the ways that you love us and that you are just showing yourself faithful day after day. So we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Do we have time to tell people where to register? They went on Mm churchawakening.com, the Church Awakening website, churchawakening.com. There'd be place there for them to register for the conference. Yes, excellent. Well, Pastor Alec and Vanessa, thank you so much uh, for your time. It's been such a blessing to have you uh, in the studio. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to being at the conference. Look forward to seeing you there. Well, if you're in the Edmonds, Washington area, and you'd love to connect with Westgate Chapel, you can go to westgatechapel.com for more information on that church. And if you're in the area and you'd like to plug into the Church Awakening Conference, go to churchawakening.com. That's going to be on March 17th and 18th. I know you're not going to want to miss it. And this is Adrian Tijerina, Director of Local Ministry at KGNW. Thank you so much for listening. And please join us again on Heart of the City as we highlight the amazing work that God is doing right here in the Pacific Northwest. If you'd like more information on how your ministry or your pastor can be featured here on the station, call me at 206-269-6208. Again, that's 206-269-6208. Thanks so much and God bless you. You've been listening to this 820 AM, the word special heart of the city. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, the word, go to thewordseattle.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.